November 9th. Episode 20. November 9th. November 9th. <laughs> November 9th. Episode 20. Three Songs Podcast. What do we call this show? The Three Songs Pod. Three Songs Podcast. I'm Mike Hogan. That's Bob Nastanovich. It's cold in the Bo- Des Moines, huh, Bob? A thematic, really. Thematic. Episode 20 and 20 degree weather. We're, uh, yeah, it's chilly out here. Yeah. It's ghosty kind of weather. The Ghost. ghosts will be storming in and out. Like, you know, this dog number, he never gets cold. So, one of our, and you've got Rags in your lap. Rags is on my lap. So, we're going to have a dog podcast today. Yeah, it's a doggy, doggy kind of podcast. <laughs> well, Ghost is a huge fan of psychedelic jazz, believe it or not. <laughs> and the reason why is because one of his favorite uh, buddies, David Dinger Bell, came over to see him a couple years ago. And he sa- I said, Dinger, you, you just flew from Hull, England via Chicago to Des Moines. And usually when you get off a flight, you're wrecked. And he said, I had a great flight, Bob. And I said, why? He said, well, I listened to Nat Adderley's album, Soul Zodiac, the whole way over. And I'm a Scorpio. And I love the Scorpio season. And he, he came in the house and put this on. And he actually acted it out. It was very theatrical. And like, obviously, we can't present that because uh, we're not a, a video podcast. <laughs> make him make him <laughs> post a video and we'll, we'll tweet it out. Yeah. So anyways, this is Nat Adderley with his brother, more famous brother, Cannonball Adderley. 1972 recording. It's The whole album is like, you know, beautifully played crazy psychedelic jazz tributes to, to star signs. And it's narrated by a guy, an obscure guy that I know very little about named Rick Holmes. And uh, let's go ahead and, r- and spin it. This is Scorpio, ruled by the planet Pluto. It's a water sign, mates Cancer, Pisces, Virgos. Strong as two sides to the Scorpio, the Scorpio and the Scorpion. They watch and listen. They observe everything very closely. Dictators love to rule. Bossy. It's a sex sign of the zodiac. If there were eight days, A Scorpio will indulge eight days. 
Physically, they are very strong. Muscular. Can be very cold. But still determined to accomplish their goals. Domestic life, take it or leave it. Children, take it or leave it. Must and will have sex as often as possible. Never challenge a Scorpio. Always be his friend or he will retaliate and will destroy you. A jealous, possessive love that they possess for a human beings. That's the soul of a Scorpio. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you're a Taurus, right? I'm a Taurus. I'm a Virgo, right? You're a Virgo. Okay. And, like, we don't think about our star signs very often. Mm. No, not really. I don't, at least. No. Most Scorpios I know do, right? That's all beside the point. Nat Adderley and his brother Cannonball, they're from, I think they were born in Tampa, like in the Tampa area. They went all over the world. Of course, Cannonball's a legend. Absolutely. Uh, and on that, Nat, Nat led the band, and Cannibal produced it, and Nat played the cornet, which is, and he also played the trumpet. I think they're, are they, I don't know the difference between the cornet and the trumpet, do you? I know. <laughs> I'm the wrong person. Yeah, me neither. So, like, so, <laughs> obviously, you know, we can barely even, like, play a tambourine, much less play a horn of any sort. Um, have you ever played a harmonica? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, no, no, just as a kid, you know, I just always would mess around with playing a harmonica. Yeah, how about Teddy? Does he have a a harmonica? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and a a little like whistle, and yeah, and he's playing the piano now, too. He's he's, he's that's his game, yeah. Yeah. He's a real musician, he's not a faker like us. He's getting good, yeah, 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 he's not a faker. So, anyways, I just thought I'd play some freaky psychedelic jazz to kick off this show, episode 20 and 20 degree weather. What do you have? I like that. So, what I'm gonna do today, I'm gonna do another themed episode. And I'm going to play three songs, all written by and sung by a guy named Peter Lochner, 
who Cleveland, 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 Cleveland man uh, was not with us for very long. He died. No, very briefly. Uh, yeah, very he died briefly. at the age of twenty-five. But in his short life, he was in a lot of different bands, and he was incredibly influential, especially on the Cleveland punk rock scene. And he was he was kind of the link in in a lot of ways. He was. Uh, the kind, the guy who would start bands and encourage bands and get shows going and really just kind of got the scene together that blew into really one of the best punk rock scenes in America. Um, and unfortunately, he, you know, he he lived a hard life even in his short life. Well, um, he was heavily influenced and heavily influential. He was. That's right. He was heavily influenced by Lou Reed in the Velvet Underground, and he took that hard-living lifestyle almost like he had to emulate his hero, and, you know, he drank a lot. He basically drank himself to death, and um, he did We'll talk about that later. some hard he drugs. Played, but, yeah. Introduce his first number. You, well, are you going to play three by him? I'm going to play three. He, he was yeah. in a band. So he's, he's probably best known for a band he was in called Rocket from the Tombs. Legendary. They never recorded in studio, but there's some live stuff and rehearsals that came out. The Day the Earth Met the Rocket from the Tombs is, is an essential recording. Um, it's, I think it's three different shows, basically th- pieces from three different shows. Uh, in 1975, he was in the band. The gu- other guitarist was Cheetah Chrome, who later went on to the Dead Boys. Singer, Very famous guy. Yep. Right. Si- singer, saxophone player was... David Thomas, who later Perubu, Perubu. co-founded Perubu with with uh, with Peter, um, mm. and Craig Bell of the Mirrors, just they they wrote a bunch of songs that ended up becoming popular and huge punk rock successes with other bands. So this is this is Peter. This is a song he wrote. This is him singing his version of a song that Perubu would later record called "The Final Solution." Right here. It's going to rock. Thank you. Enjoy.
Rocket from the Tombs. So that was like uh, that was a live recording, right? Yeah. Is I wonder if that was from a live show. It was. It was from um, a show in 1975, uh, and I, you know, boy, I I should have prepped a little bit better. I have it here in front of me. Let me just uh, take a second to pull it up. Um, that's okay. That's okay. So we're going to play a couple more by him. That is. That's one of the ones that, um, of course, when Rocket from the Tomb split up and uh, Peter Lochner and David Thomas formed Perubu. They took that song and David sang it, of course, on the, the famous version that ended up getting released as the second seven inch that Perubu recorded. Um, but right. it's a Peter song and it's uh, that's Peter's uh, version of it that you probably didn't necessarily knew um, even existed. It came well no, before, definitely not. Well uh, before yeah. the Perubu one. 1975. Um, okay. So yeah, so we'll we'll play. Anyway, so we'll we're play gonna a get back others. to him. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go to my my next track, and uh, it's by a woman named Vivian Goldman, who's really you know most famous for being Bob Marley's first UK publicist. Okay, and she's she's unlike Peter, she's still with us. I think she's in her mid sixties, kind of a famous um, underground UK journalist. And around like 79, she moved to Paris for a year and a half and she formed a band. I think they were called Chantage and she recorded a, like, just with another woman. Um, she recorded a bunch of songs and they're kind of landmark songs considering when they were made. And this is uh, Vivian Goldman uh, and this is called uh, Private Armies. Out of a person on the 
Yeah, ghost. Ghost likes Vivian Goldman. That was cool. Yeah. What what year was that again? 
81. 81. It was released in 81. I think it was made in 79. Wow. And she's like a famous journalist. She worked for, you know, Enemy Sounds, Melody Maker. She's like pretty a pretty famous uh, journalist, mostly writing about reggae and dub. <clears throat> and um, she's written a biography about Kid Creole and like basically like a, a woman who is, you know, seeing a lot of like great music come to her country and she decided to like go to Paris. I don't know what she was doing. At one point she lived with Chrissy Hine from the pretenders. Hmm. That was a roommate in London. And, um, who's from, I believe from Cleveland. She's from, or no, uh, Dayton or Akron, Dayton. maybe Akron. Yeah. Somewhere in Ohio. Somewhere in Ohio. So that Ohio. ties yeah. us a little bit in. Yeah, for sure. Um, to the Euro Ohio theme. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, believe me, I'll play more Cleveland, uh, in later shows, but yeah. Yeah, but I just like latched onto that in the last few years, uh, and and her more famous song would be the A side from that seven inch, and she's got an EP out and all that kind of thing. But uh, her more famous song is called Laundrette, and it's more poppy. So her like actual musical contribution is limited, but she's a very famous documentarian about reggae and dub. Oh, that's okay. cool. That's cool. And like seem yeah. seemed pretty. Uh ahead of its time too yeah oh we're talking yeah when it was made yeah. well i mean the slits were going on raincoats were going on right yeah but part uh, of this you know the you know the woman's punk movement seemed a little more electronic in some ways yeah no you know? yeah fully electronic yeah. yeah yeah so maybe she had to go to paris to get that yeah so. could be i liked it though yeah. good good stuff well i'll play another Thanks. i'll play another peter song uh uh you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go, I'm going to um, shake things up a little. I'm going to do something, a, a solo one. Okay. Uh, you know, and again, he never really, he recorded a bunch, but he never released anything in his lifetime, uh, aside from the Perubu 7 Inches. Um, you know, and he ended up getting kicked out of that band and formed some other bands before he died. Because he was a rambling wreck. He like, was. Cleveland's he was a dark re- place. He really was. He was in, he he was really in dark was. places. And yeah. you're talking about a very celebrated artist, you know, like... Uh, yeah, but I think he's he's maybe not that known. Uh, I mean, he's one of those guys that... It's not a household name. No. You know, his life was brief and, like, that kind of thing. But, you know, famous guys, like, you know, we'll talk about Bangs. Yeah, well, and Lester Bangs, you know, when, when Peter Lochner died... One of his most famous pieces is uh, about Peter and his death. Kind of used it as a jumping-off point to talk about other stuff, but uh, very famous piece. If if you're interested in rock journalism, seek it out. You can find it online. Uh, Lester Bangs talking about Peter Lochner dying. Uh, sad, but uh, and then of course a few years later, Lester himself would follow Peter. You know, it was uh, it was kind of a dark time for a lot of those those guys. But uh, well, have you been to Cleveland? Never been to Cleveland. So we'll talk about Cleveland. I'll tell you about my knowledge of Cleveland after you play the next song. So well, yeah, and I'll play. This will be one of his solo songs. It came out uh, years later, of course, years after. Uh, he's getting fired up. He's getting fired Come on. up. He, he yeah, likes he likes G. Peter Peter Lochner. Uh, yeah, he wants to hear some more. He's, he's and, never heard it before. You know, Peter. Peter's not just. Even though his legacy is is as a founding member of a bunch of punk bands, <clears throat> wrote "Ain't It Fun," uh, which maybe you know. Um, 
just you know ain't it fun when when you get so high you 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 can't even feel your tongue you know like all these you know you're gonna die like this these almost like nihilistic songs but he also wrote some really really beautiful songs and he wrote some really uh almost like bruce springsteen-esque tunes um so well, don't insult him. Well, no, I just mean that like he he would tell like colorful stories about characters, and it wasn't just like a one-dimensional punk rock dolt. You know what I mean? Like like he had a he had some dimension to him. Um, right. And I'm gonna play a song called uh, Sylvia Plath, which of course is oh. ab- about her. You know, sort of like Lester used. Uh, Peter as inspiration. Here he's using Sylvia as inspiration. And it's a beautiful song and it's a sad song. And uh, it's uh, Sylvia Plath by Peter Lochner. Fantastic. Was never too good at math But they tell me that she finished At the head of her class And if she lost any virginity She didn't lose it too fast They couldn't hold any dress rehearsals for Sylvia Plath Sylvia Plath Came into Manhattan She had crawled out of one cocoon Where there was absolutely nothing happening She said if I'm gonna be classless and crass I'm gonna break up some glass Nobody broke anything sharper than Sylvia Plath No romance and excuses There's just a dance in the aftermath And when you check out of this hotel, Jack You're nothing but an autograph The desk clerk wakes up around seven And he tosses it out with the trash But he might keep around a couple of letters return addressed Sylvia Plath Sylvia Plath Woke up and turned on the gas Then she put her head down And completely forgot about lighting a match 
rest of the details are just too boring to attach But let's see you do one thing as graceful as Sylvia Plath Ah, oh, let's see you do one thing as graceful as Sylvia Plath Yes, let's see you do one thing as senselessly cruel as Peter Lockner. So that was like a, yeah, Peter Peter Lockner. That was a uh, a sad man singing a tribute song to one of his heroes, who is a a, a beautiful writer and a and a it's seriously clinically depressed woman. Yeah. Another sad Tremendous story. Tremendous talent. Sure. You know, yeah, no, she died, I believe, in, like around 30, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, I believe of suicide. Yeah. <clears throat> right. In yeah. the, in, and during, during her path, she had, I know she had two children, I believe. She did. Yeah. With Ted Hughes, the, the poet. Oh, is he a poet too? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, well, heavy vibes there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, some some when we talked, you know, a little bit some heavy stuff. Uh, you know, Peter's a he's a serious he was a serious musician. Um, was that a studio? It had to have been a studio recording, though. No, right? I I don't I think it was like bed maybe. I don't think it was a full studio. It might have been like a you know two track four track. Um, I, I I don't think it was like an actual we're gonna go in and record. It was just him and his buddy on bass, and they laid down some tracks and yeah, home recordings, garage maybe. Whoa. Yeah. Well, anyways, I'm gonna take us to like a. I guess I'll figure <laughs> out a way to. <laughs> you got to come place. out of that one, man. How are you gonna do this? I gotta. Well, I mean, I'm gonna play a. Uh, a delightful pop band from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. This is off their first record, 1981. And somehow they also, like, you know, lock into your Peter Logner groove. They were associated with some of the same people, DBs. This is a song written by um, Chris Stamey off the first album by uh, the DBs called Stands for, Stands for Decibels. And uh, they started in New York in 78. And this is their first studio album, and this is a song called Espionage.
the DBs. Yeah, did you ever listen to them? Oh, yeah. I had that record. That's a good record. Yeah, great live band. Amazing live band. And they made so many great pop songs. And, you know, of course, like generally North Carolina bass are still active. Like Chris Damien wrote that song. He's running a studio in uh, Holes Apple, too. Like they're a big part of the late 70s. Like I, th- I know Holes Apple was. He played bass with like a bunch of people. I can't even reference them right now because I'm shivering. But uh, <clears throat> anyways, the DBs. And, you know, New York connects back to um, television. Peter Lochner was a huge television fan, and he wrote uh, he wrote a review of Marky Moon for Cream. And okay, I'm not going to go so far as to say this, but I think Peter Holsapple might have played bass or definitely would have played with television. Like, I'm not, that's a guess. I, I, and I'm just, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they cross paths at least because certainly in the same scene. And it, there's a story, I don't know if it's true or not. I, I think he, he maybe went and played with them for a week or so, but there's a story that Peter Lochner was going to be the guitarist and replaced Richard Lloyd that after, I don't know, Tom Verlaine and Richard Lloyd had some sort of falling out and Lochner drove up to New York from Cleveland and was going to join the band. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out and Lloyd came back and, um, but yeah, it's, well, the significance of the DBs in a lot of ways, like as a, as a kid that grew up in, in Richmond, Virginia, DBs would like open for REM and be great. And they were really great. And they, then they play like shows to their crowd, and they, they were always just an awesome pop band, influential band. But like they kind of were like the first input that the state of North Carolina had on underground music. Okay, so like they're, right. sure, I think hugely influential to that state, which home of Merge Records, you know, Super Chunk Palvo, that whole axis, like. Obviously, Absolutely. Mitch Easter, let's active, good friends with that with him. Uh, so it's just like, <clears throat> you know, North Carolina was active in the late 70s, and like DBs are a good starting point when it comes to the state of North Carolina. Ab- Absolutely. And uh, yeah. they're st- But take us back to Cleveland. Still around, right? I think they just got back together. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I think they made some new studio stuff. I haven't heard it. Cool. Um, as right. far as I know, they're still kicking. You know, they're just like we are. That's right. And <laughs> that's right. Trying, and, but but Logner's not. And no. uh, we're going back to Cleveland. Yeah. So uh, and I'm you a- said you've never been there. Like I played there a bunch of times. It's been always been a pleasure. Obviously, it's a dark place. One of my best friends, Max Sol- Solish, who I mentioned before on the show, is a solo artist. His band's called Dollfish. D O L F I S H. And I took him to England a few years ago, and he, and I, I got to play. I got to play him on. I'll play him on an upcoming show. He's a Do brilliant it. musician. Do he it. went to school in Columbus, but like, like to me, he is Cleveland, like modern day Cleveland. Like I think most people when they think of modern day Cleveland, think of LeBron. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Yep. Who's who's a great guy in my opinion, and uh, but uh, to me, like Cleveland is Max Solish. Like I got a kid, right? I think he's he and his wife Dana. They live on the North Shore. They live, they live on the shore of Lake Erie and like, you know, they, they renovate houses and like, uh, uh, Max is a substitute school teacher in Cleveland. He's like, Cleveland's back. Like Cleveland's back. Like 
you know, like we're going to, you know, bring back Cleveland. Like it's not just like beach and ballroom. Like there's, this is a scene. So there's energy there and there's good people there. And like, <clears throat> and I think I would like to think that Logner would be proud of like what's going on in Cleveland right now. Well, for sure. I mean, and you know, I think that was what he was trying to do at the time. And there's some really good stuff, uh, online. You can find, there's an article, I think his name is Nick Blakey, uh, the guy that runs a label called Smogvale that ended up putting out that that Rocket from the Tombs uh, compilation of early recordings. Um, he wrote a really good, it's available as a, a PDF download. It's probably like eight to ten pages of, um, you know, small type, but worth reading about Lochner. Uh, there's some other good writings online. Of course, you know, Lester Bangs. Uh, that's worth reading. Lochner himself was a writer. You can find a lot of the stuff that he wrote. And there's a great website, uh, Doom and Gloom from the Tomb, run by a guy named Tyler Wilcox, who uh, is a writer for Pitchfork. Uh, a bunch of really good live and, and rare recordings of all kinds of bands. The Feelies, who we've played before, have some. he's posted some of their stuff up there. But he's got a whole lot of Lochner recordings that never got officially released. So Absolutely. Cleveland's back. So Check I skipped the Rock and Roll yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's a city that's renowned for their incredible comfort food. Yeah. And so obviously, if... You know, I imagine the weather is rather similar there as it is here in Des Moines like right now. But uh, go there and like check out the scene because the scene is alive and like, you know, it's it's a it's a comeback kind of town. All right. Well, let's yeah. let's go back now back to 75. This is from that same show as, as Final Solution, which which was the first of the three Lochner songs that I played. Um, this is probably of any of his songs, um, or, or, or songs that people would associate with him rather than say Perubu or the dead boys or w- w- whatever. Um, this is the song people would know if they know a Peter Lochner tune. And this Good. is, it's a song called yeah. Amphetamine. It was covered. It's been covered by a number of folks. Uh, I think most famously by, um, uh, Wilco, or at least they they took the line from the song, uh, take the guitar player for a ride, and they, they used it in one of theirs. Um, but that's also the name of the compilation of uh, Lochner solo stuff that, that came out on Tim Kerr records that Sylvia Plath, um, the one I played prior, that, that's the name of that record. But yeah, this one's called Amphetamine. It's it's sort of his version, his his punk rock updating of, of course, the Velvet Underground's heroine. Um, well, maybe this will maybe this will be the first one that you've played that I've recognized at least on this show. Uh, well, maybe. Well, you know, Final Solution, maybe. right? You knew the P- the Perubu version of Final Solution. Yeah, you? of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you. I I don't know. You may or may not have heard this song. You might have heard people cover it, but um, it's a great song. It's a great song. Spin away. Amphetamine. Rocket from the tombs with Peter Lochner. Thank you. Take your years to get over it. 
Well, that was a, tr a truly excellent tribute to a great artist. Yeah, 
I love that song. I I feel like that's a song that it, it, it's such a great. It's you know it's almost six minutes long. It's like it's like a punk stairway to heaven almost. Wow. Well. <laughs> right. I but mean, why, at the end of the show, why would you insult Peter Logner like that? Now he's rolling around in his grave. <laughs> Lord knows who I'm like. You got to do better than that. I just mean 1975. You know that song seemed way ahead of its time. It's it it. it well, what when did slow. it? When was Stairway to Heaven written? Oh, that was written in like 71. I'm just talking about like from a punk standpoint. Maybe maybe after hearing that, like he was just like. God, this is popular. I'm going to drink myself to death. You could be, but uh, yeah, you uh, know, fair play, Peter. Punk yeah. punk bands weren't doing mellow songs, leading into loud songs, leading into mellow parts. You know, it's like maybe he had to deal with some sort of asshole in the crowd in Cleveland, like same place, stairway to heaven. He's <laughs> like, I, I got to get out of here. He's like, I'll I'll do this instead. Yeah, but yeah, Lochner, rest his soul. Well, thank, thanks for bringing him to my experience because, like, all I knew before the show was the name. To be honest with you, and you know, he's, and a couple other things about him. So he's an interesting guy, and there's you know there's some earlier recordings. He's co- he he covered a lot of bands that were contemporary at the time that he was very influenced by. He covered he covered Richard Hell. He covered the television. He covered. Um, you know the Velvet Underground, a bunch, but then he also. Well, these write- were all tributes, to, like the his heroes. They were, the, they were. In his young life, yet like he had heroes, and like he's bringing them to Cleveland, like right. he's in Cleveland, and hard on hard on his sleeve. You knew where he was coming from, but he was also he also covered a bunch of blues tunes, and he covered he was he was kind of all over. Like he was he he liked and welcomed all sounds, which is I think. Well, he's an amazingly talented guy. Wh- and like maybe he felt like he was stuck in Cleveland, like maybe like like in the modern era, like or like however life works, like maybe he should have ended up like in Europe, or maybe he should have like I don't know how how broad his audience was, but could be perhaps like when he looked at his life on a week to week basis, like we got this gig in Cleveland, we got maybe this. Gig. Did they ever play in New York? Do you think? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He would he would go up to New York and play a lot. You know he he. One of the things, and I think partly why he's appropriate for this show is, you know, he he would he would cover Richard Thompson, and he would just as easily as he would cover the Stooges, just as easily as he would cover the Stones, or Velvet Underground, or or whatever, or, or Robert Johnson, or and and it was just this this acceptance of all yeah, kinds of sounds. Yeah, but he was like covering his peers, like and that and like they were more famous than him. Well, and I've I've often I've often like you know in, in 2017 in Des Moines, right? So like I live in a small city that's got like half a dozen good bands, okay? And like I often wonder why they don't in this town, why they're not reluctant to like do versions of songs by the bands that they love, whether they're regional or national or international, there's like the certain reluctance to be like, you know, to, to like pay tribute to like things from the past or present. Yeah. But it wasn't that, it wasn't that way before. I mean, there, you, all the time you'd hear punk bands covering current punk bands, uh, 
you know i don't yeah, know it's like it's like it's like that's like you know obviously the biggest compliment you can pay sure yeah and it's not so, like, like a say ripping you're a totally off different yeah. artist. like say like you and i are in a band that sounds like sugar cubes without <laughs> say we felt okay. like whatever say we're in a band that sounds like whatever but and there's a band that's that's totally not like us in any way, shape, or form. But we love one of their songs so much that we're gonna like pay tribute to them by doing our own version of what they're doing. Yeah, sure. Or like, you, you, do you know the Fire Engines? Well, absolutely. But it, yeah, you know, like, uh, fi- but like fire for example, engines. I, I just put on an Odd Pet Seven Inch. Yeah, you did. That's and right. Like, they make great songs. And they make great songs, and a lot of people love them here. And there's a lot of artists like around here that love them. Like if I go see an Odd Pet show, there's like 80 people there, and they all love them. So like, why not take your favorite Odd Pet song and do we do do a unique version of it? It'd be the same thing as like Peter Logner, like you know, playing like a Prove like it. as you said, like a like yeah. a Richard Hell song, an acoustic version of of Blank Generation, like he's like he's done, or or Prove It by 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 television yeah right and then leading into his own stuff you know and exactly there's always your own stuff that's and that's one of the things i like about him and it's it's this acceptance of all sounds and that's sort of what we're trying to do with the show here too oh yeah no pay tribute to your friends and like you know and thanks again for turning me on to something that i I, i'd only ever heard of yeah Yeah. cool oh so you, you should Check out more of his stuff. It's good. I really got into... I mean, he's another one that, like, you know, I was sort of on the periphery and I was semi-aware of. I really dove deep uh, probably, you know, eight to ten years ago and just, like, everything I could find I started listening to. So, yeah. Well, this show's getting weirder, so that's fun. (laughs) So, I'll see you next week. All right. Well, thanks, Bob. Yeah. Been good. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah, you too. And thanks everyone. I'm driving for to Nashville. I'm going to drive to Nashville and DJ on Monday night there and have a good time. And everything's everything's good. Heading south. I love it. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening, Thank you. everyone. All right.